Good evening. This is Carrie Fisher. Yes, I know. I'm dead. But you know what? I can appear on a podcast. Right now, I'm watching my mother's film, Singing in the Rain. Gene Kelly, Debbie Reynolds, and Gene Hagen, that bitch. Yes. I'm only going to talk a brief moment because this is the Dr. Zeus podcast. My mother, Debbie Reynolds, loved singing in the rain or making it because of all the shit she had to do. But in the end, she said it paid off and she was still in the business because of Gene Kelly's teachings. Gene Kelly, a bisexual dancer, singer, actor, director. Yes. As the offspring of Debbie Reynolds, I never got to do Singing in the Rain. Could you just imagine the Stormtrooper sequence? Luke, Leia, Han Solo singing Good Morning, Good Morning. How are you? And now I, Carrie Fisher, turn the show back over to Dr. Zeus. Good evening. This is the Dr. Zeus podcast. You know, I I came home, took a took a nap, and yeah. You know what? Thank you, Carrie, for opening the show. I'm watching Singing in the Rain, or as I like to call it, Binging in the Rain. And today I was thinking about pussy, and I thought, you know, it's okay. People, well, what did you think of it? Oh, it tastes just like chicken, you know? Um, For me as a teenager, though, and I was a really horny teenager, and I remember I would think, okay, how do I get my dick in some nice hole? You know, and I was considering a few people, and then I thought, oh, God, I don't want to, you know, be a teenage father, you know, and, and then I didn't want to turn into something out of Madonna's Papa Don't Preach. We will raise a little family now, because, you know, then it would cut to like a decade later, and I'm looking for dick on the Internet. I don't think so. Honey, are you looking for a job? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His name is Harold. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll be home at nine. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. You know what I mean? Um, have you ever noticed people when they give you the stink eye? I have someone give me the stink eye. And then they actually talked to me and I thought, oh. Stink eye speaks. You know what I mean? A little of it you could you could smell the shade with a capital S H I T shit. But you know it's Thursday. Tomorrow is the proverbial Friday. <sighs> training, training, people get awards. I don't want them. You know what I mean? You shouldn't do things because you're going to get a fucking award. Oops. Well, unless you're... It's an Academy Award. And then it has some merit. (laughs) Um, Oh. 
The Super Ball Bowl. Adam fucking Levine. You know. That's what I think of him. I'm chewing him up and spitting him out. You know, I am in misery. There ain't nobody stopping me. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. You know, why won't you just not do the Super Bowl? People are really fucking pissed at you. Oh, yeah. Oh, Adam, you really fucked it up. You really fucked it up. People are taking knees everywhere. And you're like, oh, let me take my shirt off. I don't think so. Um... God, Gene Kelly, you picked a hell of a time to start singing now. I don't want him on the show. I just don't. Because then it's copyright, and then the Gene Kelly people, what are you doing? I don't know. I'm I'm a podcaster. I'm not entertainment tonight. I used to like that show. Until, you know, um, poor Mary Hart gave uh, Kramer... On Seinfeld, a seizure or, or something. He, she did something to him with that voice. You know? Um, oh, singing in the rain. Binging in the rain. Where's the remote to turn it down? You know, I hate when... Dear DirecTV, are you listening to me? I hate when your remotes fuck up and then I have to actually use the Samsung remote to lower the TV. Even though... The volume control is on the DirecTV remote, but it's not working. I have to reprogram it. Oh, my God. You know, this is like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, only a little dirtier. So now I'm going to light the candle. It's a beautiful day with a candle. Won't you fuck mine? Won't you fuck mine? I have always wanted to be like Stevie Nicks. With Lindsay Buckingham, with you, so let's most make the most of this candle today. Lesbians might as well scream hip hop hooray. Uh, Adam Levine, Adam Levine, what the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck? Please, what the fuck? Please, what the fuck? Adam Levine. Yeah. You know, he he comes from money, so he doesn't really understand. Oh, I understand. I love when they did Family Guy, and he's like, Brian, I'll blow my Adam Levine whistle. Hey, my voice isn't really that high. It is. It is. Yeah. Um... They did some kind of a Star is Born tonight on Will and Gracie's. Or as I like to call it, the Karen Walker show. (sighs) And she sang The Man That Got Away. Mm. Judy Garland herself right now is watching from heaven and going, Oh, good job. But don't tell Liza. Yours is the better version. (coughs) I remember when Rufus Wainwright, and some people hate it. I actually liked it did like a whole tribute album to Judy Garland's, you know, um, live album. So he did, you know, Rufus does, 
I think it was at Carnegie Hall. Yeah, I was almost gonna say the Palladium, but that's in London. And um, isn't it great that she, you know, you can learn these geographical things through entertainers as a kid before going to the book. I mean, you know, yeah, you have the book. The teacher's like, hey, we're gonna learn about geography today. And you're like, hey. but then you remember, oh yeah. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell, Liza Minnelli talked about playing the Palladium in London with her mother. And I thought, oh, the Palladium in London. You know, at least she said the Palladium. I'm not thinking, what, is it in New York City? Is it here in town? Was Liza Minnelli actually in Northern California? Well, San Francisco, yes. Um, I couldn't picture Liza Minnelli in Sacramento. Or Fresno. Or Modesto. (laughs) Carol Channing was there. And today, today's episode is dedicated to Dolly herself. We're going to, I mean, yo, you know, yeah. Raspberries. Raspberries, people. Um, Okay. Carol Channing. Here today is bittersweet, people. Today is bittersweet. Carol Elaine Channing, born in Seattle, Washington, in on January thirty first, nineteen twenty one. She was almost ninety eight years old when she died. Um, just amazing. You know, hello, Dolly. I remember her in Alice in Wonderland. Um, and Sesame Street. You know, she would sing to that snake. Oh, this is, this is what I love about Carol Channing right here. Raspberries! That's all she says is raspberries. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Oh my god. As I watch Singing in the Rain, I'm remiss. So we're going to talk to Carrie. We What we do is um, we seance a little differently now. Carrie, are you here? Yes, I'm here. I'm glad that you brought me out for this moment. My mother, Debbie Reynolds, crying, staring at Gene Kelly. Those tears are fake, people, because she loved Gene Kelly at that moment. Her feet had blood. She would tell me, dear, I would come home and finger myself each day after performing steps for singing in the rain. And so this is a TCM moment with Carrie Fisher. Okay. Luckily, I put the right teeth in so you can hear me enunciate. But yes, oh yes, and right now, Debbie is, it, it, Reynolds is embracing Gene Kelly, all the while thinking about eating in the commissary. Gene would say, don't eat that, it'll make you fat. I want you light on, my, on your feet so you can twirl. And that's it. So no fat eating. He fat shamed her. 
She was not fat at all. She was Debbie Reynolds. This is Carrie Fisher. And thank you for this moment, Dr. Zeus Podcast. And that's the Dr. Zeus Podcast. Giving it to Carrie Fisher, who is, I think, a comedy icon. <sighs> and Singing in the Rain is over. Here's TCM. But we didn't pay to have um, Ben on. Yeah. Number 10, yeah. <coughs> so, the Dr. Seuss Podcast is brought to you by Thursday. Not Friday. Thursday. You know, before bed, I'm kind of your typical male. Tina Turner herself sang about it in, you know, the 80s. And I have to have a little porn before bed, you know. So don't bother me. And please don't group call me through um, uh, FaceTime. No, I don't need that shit. God forbid people hear me going, uh, uh, you know. But I like it when just one person calls me on FaceTime. Oh, you know, thankfully I'm not Carrie Fisher. Let me put my teeth in, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, or Elaine Stretch. I love Elaine Stretch. And her birthday is coming up. We're going to do a Elaine Stretch tribute show. You know, when I think of someone who should have won an Academy Award, it's Elaine Stretch. Perfect timing. In her old age, hilarious. That's someone I wish was still alive today. She'd be almost 100 years old. She was 89 years old when she died. Born February 2nd, 1925 in Detroit, Michigan. Died July 17th, 2014 in Birmingham, Michigan. Just a, just a brilliant... You know, I loved her stories. She talked about, um, I won't save this for the, the episode because, you know, it's going to be on there anyway. I'm going to play clips of Elaine. We're going to laugh. We're going to talk, you know, the ladies who lunch. Um, uh, she talked about doing Dracula with Bella Lugosi. I'll, I'll briefly say this because I don't want to ruin it and not save it for the next episode. Or February 2nd, the February 2nd episode. And she was talking about, she says, oh, you know. She says, I was with him within, when he had his 17th scotch. And the bartender said, Mr. Lugosi, you've had your last scotch. And he got up and he says, thank you. Thank you. I would go somewhere else. For my liquor. Come on, Elaine. And then she would talk about it. She says, you, you, you know, we were sitting there and he says to me, you know, I don't tell this to many people, Elaine, but if it weren't for Boris Karloff, I would have had a corner on the horror market. Yeah. That's my favorite story right there. She would tell all kinds of stories. Um... She tells one about George Abbott, who is a famous Broadway director. 
She told this to Ellen DeGeneres. But my favorite is the Sinatra story. And it I had it on the show maybe a couple of weeks ago where she talks about <laughs> she's there. Tony Curtis says to Sinatra, you know, this is your date. And Sinatra's like, what do you do? Oh, I'm in the theater. You know, this is Elaine Stritch and she's young and blonde and cute to Sinatra. That's how, you know, Sinatra was kind of like, and he says, you know, let me tell you something. People in the theater ain't going no place. And she looks at him and she says, well, you know, Mr. Sinatra, I've been wondering for years, where the hell do you think you're going? And he says, get her out of here. Get her out. Yeah. You know, I think that's when Sinatra was either drinking or just a raving lunatic. The late Rosemary Clooney. And I say Rosemary Clooney, not George Clooney's aunt. Because in this instance, Rosemary Clooney is the icon. Don't forget that. Her nephew used to live in the back house, okay? And worked his way up to George Clooney. But in that house, it was about Rosemary. And Rosemary, she loved Frank. But she wrote a piece years ago when Perry Como died. Where she said, you know, Frank was too crazy. You couldn't go to him. And uh, Dean had issues. She says, but Perry... You could go to him. He would sit you down. He was sweet and he would give you advice. Or Sinatra, I, I can I can kind of understand now where she's coming from with that. Hearing the Elaine Stritch story, or and and then, you know, and I'm not saying that Sinatra was a bad man. Even Lauren Bacall herself almost married Sinatra. Right after Bogart's death. But then she realized what a womanizer he was. No. You know what I mean? In the toupee. I think the toupee, you know, Bogey's toupee was different. Sinatra's, he just tried, oh, I don't wear a toupee. (laughs) Okay. That's like saying, you know, I don't go commando sometimes. Come on. Oh, it's built in. (laughs) I don't know who I'm trying to fool there. Um, Yeah. You know that old saying, you know who your friends are, people. And you do. You know, just like when they trade you up for a new family. A new family. I'm not going to name any names because I'm not Elia Kazan. Fucker. Um, but yeah, and it, and it and it hurts sometimes. But then you remember, you knew that person when they were different. You knew that person when they liked to come over to your family. Yeah. Or as Rebecca Dorme De Mornay said in the hand that fucked the you know whatever. Um. My family. That's the feeling I always got from certain people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding around, you know. But no, it's it kind of bothers some. It's like, are you kidding me? Oh, and then all they talk about is so and so. And it's like, 
that you're acting like the, the best thing since sliced fucking bread. Let's get real here. I know bullshit when I smell it. And I smell it a lot. You know, like when they, they try to one-up, oh, so-and-so got the Nintendo Switch. Oh, that's cute. Yes. I don't think so. Don't try to one-up. Get it together, sweetie. Okay. All right. Okay. That's where when people say to me, well, you know, you're a Sagittarius. Yes, I understand that. But you know, unlike some Sagittariuses, I'm not self-destructive. Been there, done that. I fucked it. I ate it. I smoked it. Uh, it's been done. Okay. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> Always making justifications for that. And that gets a little old after a while. You know, so when people pass judgment on me, I just think, well, you know, I've got my bag of tricks, bitch. And tricks are for kids. And I'm a grown up kid. So what the fuck do you got? Or as my good friend Susie Orman would say, I'm Susie Orman. What the fuck do you want? Do you really need that new house, honey? No. Get cut love and a nice little bungalow somewhere else. Yeah. Denied. This is the Dr. Zeus podcast on Thursday. I know it's not as fun as you wanted. Hey, blame the burrito from, um, is it Del Taco or El Torito? No. One of those places. It was okay. It was good from the top, but the bottom, I was just like, no, it lost its luster. So this is the Dr. Seuss podcast, unfuckable pleasant dreams. Woo! Yeah, that's right. Fuck me. Yeah. Since stereo, can't you believe that? Now my ears are fucking ringing. Oh. Damn. Okay, wipe it up. Let's wipe it up. I need a drink. Not of booze, but of it's crisp apple ice. Yeah. It's great. You want to drink me too, baby? Ooh. All right. I'm not Missy Elliott. All right. Good evening. Welcome to my show, the Dr. Zeus Podcast. I wish it was performance. You know, a few hecklers. Oh, God, my ears. So I was thinking of, you know, past and present. And how in the present I pat backs. One time I was patting backs. I'm not going to say what I do for a living. Maybe I'm a massage therapist, I don't know. Um, one time I was patting back and I and I felt like Tori Amos does when she's when she's playing the two keyboards at the same time. I thought, oh fuck, my arms hurt. You know. And and at that moment I thought, oh, you know, you get paid. It's Tori Amos Bliss. This is Tori Amos Bliss. You know. Um 
So, yeah, I mean, we're not really going to dive into that. You know, I, I've always liked Tori Amos. She's like a baby that Kate Bush had with Liberace. Add a vibrator and some dildos and you have Tori Amos. I mean, you know, Saturday Night Live really did some great parodies of her. You know, where she's writhing around on the piano. Because that's what she does, you know. I mean, it's Cornflake Girl. And if you find out what Cornflake Girl actually is about, then you're like, oh, fuck. The things I used to do to that song. I have a friend who used to perform to that song. And it's like, whoa. That's intense. Um... Recently, I was talking to some friends and we were talking about how dirty San Francisco is. If you don't know, in California, we call it the Bay Area. The Yay Area, yeah. And I said, no, not if there's a rainbow. Because if there's a rainbow, you know that part of town is clean with a capital douche. You could lick off the sidewalk. They could throw popcorn and... And that's your plate, you know Plus it also helps To have a place called the Hot Cookie I don't know if you've ever been there They have these cookies Shaped very naughty I remember once Some friends and I, we were eating a chocolate cock We really were It had like coconut inside Balls and everything I forget Okay, so we were in the hotel room, we're all hanging out, and I would get hungry, and they would get hungry. And I was in really good shape then, so I was like, oh, you know, I can't overdo it. And I remember they said to me, if you're hungry, you can always have the cock. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's true. I don't remember what happened to the balls. I think at one point they either got bit off or, you know, it was it was a whole Lorena Bobbitt kind of scenario with chocolate. And... I tell people that and they're like, ew, coconut. I said, yeah, but you don't understand. It adds something to it, you know, something special. And they're looking at me like, have you lost your mind? You know, this is the Dr. Seuss podcast. I'm really getting tired of format. And let's talk about the news. (coughs) Because the news just sucks. Every night. I try not to do it. You know, I have kind of a crush on David Muir. And I turn it on and I'm like, I'm not going to watch it tonight. Oh my God, I missed it. I should have fucking watched it. And then I'm realizing, no, because it's just bad news. You know, nobody's getting banged in a good way. You know, and it's just snow and guns and politics and a big old fat orange man who likes to get on Twitter and, you know, I love how people say to me when I, you know, I tell other people and they'll say, well, that's your opinion. And then, and it's like a big stinger. Yeah, it's my fucking opinion. I, I agree, but my opinions are not bad. My opinions do not come from a place of I fucking hate all of that. <laughs> no, I'm an educated man and I know the value and the power of my opinion. And if I say that Friends fucking sucks, it sucks. It sucks. I tried to watch Friends. I couldn't laugh. I was just like, my face looked like Nicole Kidman's after five rounds of Botox. And hey, and I love Nicole Kidman. The hours is such a fucking, 
crazy movie. And I have a theory. She won't win awards now because of the Botox, maybe. Because if you watch the hours, her face looks so different than now. Probably because she didn't have a lot of makeup on. And the Botox was not flowing. You know, when you win an Academy Award, that's your credit card to Botox City. Hey, I just won an Oscar. Oh, you want some Botox? You know, it's a, and it's a discount. You know? I don't want it. I love it. Ooh. Here's my theory. And this is not sexist. I think women are beautiful. You know, I think it works better for women than it does men. When a man does it, it's kind of like, <coughs> what's the point? He could do it on his balls, maybe, and they won't sweat. You know, I don't know. Some balls don't just don't taste good after that. You know, oh, I just shot my nutsack up with some Botox. Oh, God, put it away. You know, I mean, what? You want to keep it in a baggie for a week? Fuck. The Dr. Zeus podcast is brought to you by Wednesday, but it could be Thursday. I don't know. Because tomorrow, yeah, it's kind of like a Friday, shall we say? I don't know. Um, <coughs> I love sending people fun shit. I know some of you are so scared of Instagram. You're so scared of it. You know, and oh, you know, I don't know. What the fuck? I'm so scared of it. But then you see these really great things that I sent my friend, which is Chris Hemsworth on the cover of, um, what is it? Let me look at it. She and I, we, uh, so many of my friends, men, women, we all love Chris, Chris Hemsworth for different reasons. You know, some the same. He's on the cover of Men's Health. It says King Chris. Oh, I mean, all four covers. It's just like, damn, you know, and my friend says, oh, he's married. His wife is a lucky wife. And then at the same time, he's lucky because he's married to a Latina. And I'm opening my shirt as I say that. You know, you can't see me doing it. That's why maybe I should be on stage. Latina! The cleavage just flows. The Spanish. Ah, roll the tongue. Chris, come over here, motherfucker. You know, like I'm Sama Hayek, you know. Oh, God, I love her. (laughs) You know, and and I love how people say, oh, but wait a minute. Don't you go the other way? I can still love Sama Hayek. Come on. I was telling, we were talking about culture and everyone wants to change the accent, get it rid of it, assimilate, you know, kind of like how Tom Brokaw fucking wants us Hispanics to assimilate. Fuck you, Tom Brokaw. Fucking greatest fucking generation. Not anymore. Racist piece of shit. Anyway, go back to Montana. Um, But... I've always loved Salma Hayek because she never changed who she was. She never tried to change who she was. She left Mexico because she has said that the film industry in Mexico at the time, I don't know about now, was not very strong. And she was a soap star, you know, and 
she came over here and she had to start over. You know, she got a small role in a gangster film, Mi Vida Loca. I think that was what it was called. Not Ricky Martin's story. Um, And, um... You know, um, people would say to her, lose the accent. She didn't lose the accent. And then you look at what she did when she played Frida Kahlo. Frida Kahlo. Madonna wanted to play. Madonna wants to play everything that's Mexican. I mean, if you saw the La Isla Bonita video, she wanted to be Mexican. And as a kid, I was like, you're not Mexican. I'm half, yes, but still, you're not Mexican, Madonna. Go Vogue somewhere else. You know, if you want to, you know, it's, you know, it's like gay for pay. It's cute for a little while, and then it's like, "Mm, we need a real one. We need someone who actually is gracious when they take something up their butt and not like, oh, they just stuck a Mayada up there. Oh, God, it hurts. You know, versus those who are like, Damn, I think I just got some, you know, um, but I don't hate on Madonna. I'm, she's not a great actress. I love how people defend her and that's cute. You know, I'm a Madonna fan too. Oh, she hasn't been given the right opportunities. She's been given those opportunities. She can't act. Even she admits that. Evita, it was different. It was all music. It was all singing. Oprah loved it. When Oprah loves it, you can pee-pee on the floor all you want. And someone gets a baggie and distributes it, you know, and it's Madonna piss, you know? Because have I spoken too much? There's nothing more I could think of to say to you. Copyright. Um, But no, I don't hate on Madonna. It's just kind of like, let's get real. Let's get real. And then they're like, well, you know that Lady Gaga. Well, she did train with, at the Strasbourg Institute. So, and Madonna, you know, she trained too. And it ended up in, you know, Penthouse Magazine. But that's a different story, you know. And I'm not hating on her for that, you know. <coughs> I've already seen her boobs in uh, Truth or Dare. <coughs> God, this fucking cough. Motherfuckers cough on me all the time. Anyway, um, where were we going with this? I don't even know. It's the Dr. Zeus podcast. You know, last night I talked about Tarantino. I felt it could have done a better job having a round table, but I don't have PBS money. If I did, I would get a big table, invite everyone over. We would drink and we would talk about Tarantino. Until fucking four in the morning. Pizza, you know, um, I still haven't seen Reservoir Dogs. That's why I didn't talk about it. Or The Hateful Eight. I could watch them back to back, but I'm not staying inside all day long for that. (coughs) But I will say that Tarantino... For years, I would always kind of say, oh, I'm going to go to film school. Just to, like, make myself sound important. When then I started to realize, oh, wait a minute. You don't have to go to film school to do that. He didn't. 
Just get yourself a camera and shoot that shit. And I learned to do that. I remember I would do YouTube videos and those were eh, just me about me. And then um, I started doing videos for people's birthdays, you know, social media. And I thought, you know, let's embarrass them a little. Let's put some silly ass shit in there. And one year I made a birthday video for my friend that was like five minutes long. And he and he worked as an editor for a very well-known company. I'm not going to say who, <coughs> but I'm sure money for nothing. Anyway, um, that's a hint, hint right there. He'd love that, but I'm not going to say because I love him. And, you know, God, he's a hot motherfucker. But that's not why we're friends. We're friends because we're both crazy. We're both hot. I mean, come on. I'm not going to toot my own horn right now, but and when he speaks, he should be doing this right now, to be honest with you. He should be having a podcast. He has a voice that is just like, whoa, that is his calling right there. I know he thinks it's photography and he's a great photographer, <coughs> but his voice, he could read me books and I would listen to them. He could read me the brave little train that went up the hill and fell down. And I would listen to it, you know. But I remember I did these videos for him. And he was impressed because of my editing. Because it was so kind of like bare bones. Because I opened the video with this cat that he had. And then I put Joan Crawford's voice in it. You know, where, and um, Mildred Pierce, where she, her daughter slaps her. And she's like, get your things out of this house before I kill you. Vida. You know, and he liked that. And then it was just all these different things like a strip club. There's a really great part. Um, this is before YouTube started YouTube. A Facebook started cracking down on copyright because I would put songs in there. You know, now I have to put on YouTube. Um so there's like I found a scene from Weeds where um, Kevin, what's his name? Not Sorbo, that's Hercules. Um, but you know who I'm talking about, Doug from Weeds, and he's like handsome, lean, and he looks at Silas. And he's like, "You suck dick, Silas." And I put that in there, and then it segues into "It's My Party." Um. And it shows all these guys up there dancing, you know. He loved that, you know. It was his birthday. And he's a Gemini, so I put that in there. You know, all these famous people that were born the same day as him. I only got a few. But, you know, it is what it is. (coughs) And you bathe in this cocktail that is yourself. It's fucking funny. It's fucking funny. And also, you know, I get misinterpreted all the time. People think that I'm not this, I'm not that, oh, that I don't care. And they're misinformed. And I have to have other people say to me, oh, so-and-so thinks you do that because you're dirty. Oh, no, I don't think so. But whatever, you know, it's kind of funny. You want to have your perception of me? That's fine. It's like Kurt Cobain said about the songs from Nevermind. (coughs) 
it's your soap opera. I'm not going to tell you what it's about. It is what it is for you. And I'm ripping my shirt open as I say that for you. You know? Look at that cleavage. No, not yet. You know? I mean, you know, I I admit, you know, I want to work on my body so I can make myself wet. It's not about other... It's so hot. I want to make myself go down. That's that's my goal. You know, my temple. You know what I mean? My country, tis of thee. <coughs> God. I need some diamond tap or something. Is that cough medicine? When someone mentions pecs, I go into, like, my sweet place. And I'm like, oh, really? Tell me more, you know? I remember the first time I watched Pumping Iron and I was just like, damn, why didn't I watch this when I was younger? Oh, yes, because someone would hog the VCR. And, you know, it's not like I could. I didn't. Well, no. (coughs) I take that back. I had a VCR when I was about 13 in my bedroom. I could have put it in there, you know. Because, I, you know, for years as a kid, I remember watching Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I've talked about this before, thinking, damn, I want that kind of body. Not so much in a desirable way, but I was just like, whoa, I feel one with that. And I remember I went outside, found some, I didn't find any camo. I put like green paint on me or like mud and walked through the, the orchard with no shirt on. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, I probably was nine or ten. I don't know what I was feeling, but it felt good, you know? (laughs) It is what it is, people. It's the Dr. Zeus podcast. I don't know where Mr. Texas is. You know, I do want to talk about when people get complicated. Like when, you know, I've, I've been working all day. I feel like I should be saying, ah, but working on the road. Not really. But I was, I've been working. So, you know, when you have some unexpected guests, well, others didn't think they were unexpected and told me. And I went, oh, great. Great. And, you know, here's the thing with this. <coughs> I don't forget. And when you diss me, it stays with me. Unless you're going to fucking apologize. Motherfucker never did. Never did. And then you continue your little stream of BS. So the way I'm going to interpret that is, oh, okay, then I'm going to be standoffish. I'm just going to let you sit there and dig your own grave. And you did, you know, with your whatever, you know, it's one prescription away, baby. Um, or I could take it from six feet under. I love what Joanna Cassidy said. When um, her brother-in-law delivers this eulogy, and the husband has died, and Joanna Cassidy is playing this this shrink. She's so brilliant, um, Margaret Chenoweth, and she's the mother to um, Rachel Griffins and Jeremy Sisto. So she's like. Um, you know, uh, hit the brother-in-law goes up to her and says, you know, um, 
Thank you for having me, Margaret. Oh, thanks. The poem was beautiful. You did your duty. You can now get the fuck out of here. And he and the and the son is like, Mom. Oh, please, Billy. Your Uncle Marvin came here for his own complicated reasons. He's going to have his own complicated response. Now you did your duty, Marv. You can now get the fuck out of here. And then she's like, he never forgave your father for being a success or for giving up Hanukkah. Yeah, shit like that. So when you come at me and you're, you know, years ago, give me your complicated BS. You're going to get your own complicated response from me. Because I don't put up with that shit. I just shut my mouth and I watch. And I watch. I've learned to just shut the fuck up and watch. Be like this, you know, not a voyeur. Because then, you know, oh God, God forbid people hear that. Oh my God. Is that like from that movie? No. Look it up. Now I sound like Madonna. Look it up. That's the last person I want to sound like. I mean, I have a lot of respect for her, but like I've said, and, and, you know, this goes back to people, you know, when when someone burns you like that, ever since she said Gaga was reductive, I was just like, psh, psh, you dug your own grave, honey. And you look at it. Seven years later, she has dug her own grave. Lady Gaga is now nominated for an Academy Award. Madonna is... Maybe putting the finishing touches on yet another top 20 hit album. Not a number one. Because, you know, it's it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't hit the floor that good anymore. The last time she put out a good album, in my opinion, was Confessions on the Dance Floor. Because I remember being in college and we played that album we played it from Los Angeles all the way back. We played it from school all the way back. We would, we were drinking and playing it. You know, uh, time goes by. You know, and it's like shit. Okay, this is 2006. You know, and I wanted to see her on tour, but you know, going to see Madonna and getting good seats is like going to buy a car. You might as well just buy the car because. Your your bets are off, you know. You're just gonna see her. I refuse to see her in nosebleed. This she looked like a tiny little ant, you know? No. I did see Metallica nosebleed, but thankfully we moved, like I've said, to the bud light area. And then they didn't look like tiny ants anymore. It was like you could almost touch Metallica. And then the, the flames come up, you know, the pyrotechnics. <laughs> because when you're a band who's been doing it since 1981, you have to continue to have pyrotechnics, even though you're watching it and saying to your friend, damn, I hope the drummer didn't like singe your hair. Because if you look at how close those flames were and we could feel those flames, just imagine what the drummer's feeling. And then it take you take it back a notch to Terminator 2. And when Linda Hamilton, I'm so glad they're making another one. When Linda Hamilton says, you know, on August 27th, it's going to feel pretty fucking real to you, too. Anybody who's not wearing two million pounds of sunblock is going to have a bad day. Get it? I thought, oh, yeah, 
you're right. So Lars Ulrich of Metallica was probably wearing about two billion pounds of sunblock, a little a little bit of you know Vaseline, because you know Metallica are very hairy. They're very hairy, and I mean that not just in their facial hair, but they're very you know it's heavy metal. This is not you know Ariana Grande latte. You know, with a with a side order of donut, uh, Pete went or not Pete? What's his name? The SNL guy? I don't know. The one who the one who pissed off that the veteran. Um, that's he's a hot looking veteran. He's got that patch. I got. I'll give you a patch. Fuck. But you know, I don't come here to do that right now. No, it's the Doctor Zeus podcast. And I'm not rambling. This is part of the show, you know? If you listen to the Tarantino episode last night, the shows are just going to get funner. I, You know, I'm taking, this, I'm taking this fucking shit on the road, you know what I mean? I'm bringing out all the characters. Someone said to me oh, when they heard my show, have you ever thought of doing acting? Oh, yeah, I studied it. You know, because I have all these different seances that I can perform. You know, and I love the interface, but sometimes it's just like when you're setting that interface up, it's like putting on um, the saddle to a horse. And I've only ridden a horse a couple of times. Not my cup of tea. I rode one when I was maybe about five or six. It was the neighbor's horse that scared the shit out of me. Oh, and I remember it, too, because it's like going up this hill and it doesn't stop. And then they're screaming at me, say, whoa, whoa, I'm just a little kid. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And I remember years later, we went to this park and I I rode a pony. I think, yeah, it was a pony. His name was Blue. Beautiful. I mean. Everyone else got, I think, the horse or the miniature horse, and I got the pony. I thought, okay, I'll go with the pony, you know, Pony Express, but it's like putting a saddle on. I used to, you know, or working out. With working out, I loved doing it, but then it's like, oh, God, now I got to drink this nasty-ass pre-workout, because the pre-workout... I love how the oh, but it tastes so great. It doesn't. It always tastes bad. You drink it and you're like, oh god! But then it gives you these, you know, endorphins, like, <laughs> and then you're working out and you've got all this energy. You know, I did learn not to take pre-workout before work in the afternoon. One time I took it. And I was and I was new to driving. Maybe it's because I was new to driving. I think that's why. And and this is the honest truth. But see, you can't tell the DMV this because they're not going to listen. They have you on that camera running the red light or the the turn light. That's what it was. And I love how they say, "Oh, you want to watch the video again?" No, that's fine. That's fine because. I don't know. I think I had taken too much. And it does. It does mess with your head because then you're in the zone. Your endorphins are opening up and you've worked out. And I shouldn't have gone to work that day. And I remember I worked out and then I got in the car to go to work. This was years. This was about 10 years ago. (laughs) And 
I thought I stopped at the red, you know, because it's a turn. You can turn on the red. I thought I stopped or I didn't. I don't remember because I was so in the zone. So then I learned, okay, I should work out earlier in the morning, not close to going to work. Because then the pre-workout leaves your body. Because that shit is strong. You know, I remember when I first started doing it. (coughs) And it does. It feels like you're on drugs. And I know what that feeling's like. And it's not a pretty feeling. So then you have to take a little bit. You know, and some people, oh, I don't need pre-workout. I just drink my coffee. Yeah, but even that can make you jittery. You know, like... You know, like I'm Juan Valdez. I'm lifting the. <sighs> it's it does not going to lift itself, bitch. You know, no. This is the Doctor Zeus podcast. It's brought to you by Get Illuminated. Okay, you know, for karma reasons, we're not going to do a cup of shut the, because you know what, the news is already on its way. I'm just gonna go up here. You know, this is like this is like out of Zen Buddhism, you know. You know, the other day I have this like plasma thing that I light candles with, and I thought I had my hand in, or no, not my hand, but the plasma thing in the candle thing, and I accidentally plasmized myself. Doesn't sound too great, no, but you know it's better than candles, and it and it does its job, you know, and it's Amazon. But yeah, oh god, it was it was that was like an intense, you know, cuz um I I once touched an electrical fence when I was really little. Maybe that's why I'm the way I am. <laughs> and, and it was to keep the steers away and the queers. And <laughs> that's a little Texas joke. And um uh my dad caught me. And so I think later they told my grandparents take that fence down because it was a dangerous fence because they, you know, they would tell us, don't lean on the fence. Well, when you're little, you know, you you just kind of forget things and you're in the moment. Oh, look at that. Let's go pee in the toilet outside, even though it's got plants in it. Oh, yeah. I was reminded of that, how my grandmother <laughs> she had this like little toilet and I think she was trying to grow something in it like a flower or something and we all took turns taking a piss in it you know there's a toilet that's what what's it doing outside come on <laughs> I think we killed the plant thankfully nobody took a dump in it <laughs> because then the plant maybe would have started to grow like a tomato I don't know it's it's funny this is the Dr. Seuss podcast. Um, I'm going to go and relax. Have yourself a cup of you know what. And um, unpleasant dreams. <laughs>